Hello everybody and welcome to Galactic Yo-Yo. It's your host Molly Martian here and I've just left my flat and ventured out into the coldest, dampest, darkest, saddest night that South London has ever known. Um, I felt quite restless sitting at home. I'm off work all week this week so I've been I've been lounging about a bit today on my first day off. Um, but I, I've become a bit restless. I've just edited the pod, but while I've been editing it, I've just been running up and down my living room, all full of beans. Um, so I thought I'd best get out. And also I needed to go to the supermarket because I need to eat something for dinner uh, in an ideal world. And I think that something is going to be some um, pre-prepared mussels in white wine sauce uh, from the from the supermarket. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's enough about me. This week on the podcast, um, I spoke to the gorgeous and wonderful Cameron Sinclair Harris. Um, she is a Doctor Who fan, she is a music writer, and she is an alternative comedian. Um, we talk about all these things in the first few minutes of the podcast, um, so I won't go on about it now. We met up to chat, of course, about Wild Blue Yonder, which is the most recent episode of Doctor Who that just aired a couple of days ago. I thought it was fucking brilliant, um, as did most other people by the looks of it. Um, what did you guys think? We thought it was fantastic, Molly. Yeah, me too. Um, we spoke about, usually I say the good parts and the bad parts of the episode. We barely touched on anything negative, to be honest. We also touched a little bit on um, the Star Beast as well, and we spoke a little bit about our expectations for the next week's episode, The Giggle. Um, I think that's all the admin for now. If you're based in London, go and see Cameron um, playing Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet this week. <laughs> um, but other than that, hope you have a fantastic week. And I'll see you here early next week for my discussion of the giggle. All right. Enjoy, everybody. It seems that I'm some kind of a galactic yo Would you like a blueberry muffin, Cameron? Um, a wild blueberry yonder muffin. Yeah, my mind did go there actually. I was, <laughs> I was thinking, is there a pun I can make? But it fiends. felt it felt clunky. Um, See, would you like one? Um, I'm all right, thanks. I've got three. Oh, it'll be a shame. It'll be a shame. Who's who's the third going to be for? Um, maybe Hannah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Hannah, it. Hannah is it. my flatmate. Um, and just before this recording started, um, Cameron went to use the bathroom, and um, she just walked into Hannah's bedroom. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a toilet. Yeah. Like, 
obviously that's not me on record saying that Hannah's room reminded me of a toilet, but... Um, Hannah, if you're listening, um, Cameron just said that your room reminded me of a toilet. Um, and Thankfully, Hannah was was decent yeah. when you opened the door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the blue room weapons are over there if you want to help yourself. Okay. Um, for the uh, you pop the microphone on the, uh, on the sofa. I'm going down to get a blue room muffin. Super. Okay. I'm here with Cameron Sinclair-Harris. Hello, Cameron. Hello. Um, Cameron and I have known each other a little... You don't go eat it? Uh, I might. Okay. <laughs> Cameron and I have known each other a little while now. Um, could you, uh, for the benefit of the listeners, explain how we know each other and the story of our relationship? Okay, so... The not, year... not all the details, obviously. Yeah. So, the year is 1692. Um, water is invented. Um Fast flash forward a couple of centuries. Sure. Um it's 2020. Um this this, this podcast is sponsored by this refreshing sniff of Coke Zero. Yeah. Um it's for years 2020. Um I am in another massive Doctor Who phase and I need stuff to listen to and I get hooked on this little podcast called Galactic Yo Yo. Ooh. And yeah. I follow you and eventually I move to London. And no, 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 before that, before that, I start writing for Gigwise. The, yeah, a music magazine that is no longer with us. It's no longer with us. Rest in peace. God rest her soul. Um, the entire website is down. Like, I'd say go read our stuff, but you can't. It's actually quite distressing because, so for context, Cameron and I wrote for this website called Gigwise. Um, and it was quite useful for getting, like, free tickets to concerts and stuff. Oh, like, they didn't incredible. pay any of their writers, but the payment was getting a free ticket no. to a concert. And it was also useful for my portfolio. So I used to yeah. send, like, links when I would pitch to actual magazines. Um, and then the website, like, all collapsed. And now none of the hard work that I did is on the internet. And that is quite frustrating, isn't it, Cam? It's so frustrating. Like, Gigwise was the only thing that I properly wrote for. Yeah. Well, now I've started doing stuff for DIY, but... Gigwise was kind of like my creative outlet for like writing. Sure. Um, the last thing I did for them, how like I went to Reading, and to be honest, a ticket for that would have been like two hundred ninety pounds. So I'm taking that as payment, you know. Yeah, it's true. It's true, but it's still. I mean, that yeah, there's certain things that didn't have gig tickets attached to them, like the absolutely enormous ranking of every 1975 song that i did which received a lot of hits it did yeah um it received a lot of hits and a lot of a lot of hate as well yeah um you annoyed anyway, a lot of people i did annoy a lot of people so you and i wrote for this this gigwise website um and then you moved to london yeah i'm for full context i'm from nottingham and i moved to london in 2022 and then we met in the flesh because it turns out not only are we massive Doctor Who fans, not only are we both music writers, but we're also both doing comedy. Yeah. We're both involved in the whirlpool that is London comedy. And I saw you and you're great. And then you've seen me a couple of times. I have. And we've been compadres ever since. We have. And uh, when I did my first stand-up hour, Cameron did the uh, the tech for it. I did, yeah. Pushed a couple of buttons. Uh, and on the second night, um, you were really late and it was extremely stressful. Yeah, I apologise. <laughs> Blame TFL. No, you apologised at the time. It's I fine. I apologised profusely. I was crying, if I recall. Were you crying? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't remember you crying. Maybe that's because I was so self-involved at the time in my show going well. 
I was, infl- I was in floods of tears, Molly. No, you fucking weren't. I was in. I was. I was inconsolable. I was you weren't <laughs> inconsolable. Were you crying though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You figure it out. Figure it out. Ask Jeremy. Oh shit! Were you crying? <laughs> I don't you? know how long I can keep this up. You for. weren't crying, were you? <laughs> I, I, well, see you ought- the tear-stained console. You ought to have been. Um, I, I, I cried on the console, <laughs> and suddenly, like an evil clone of myself started. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I thought it was finally time to invite you on Galactic Yayu. And, I'll, and as, as long as this goes well, which I expect it will, I'll invite you back for a proper episode. Um, nice. Okay, where were we? We're here to talk about the second of the Tenant specials. But before we do, I thought I'd catch up with you um, about your thoughts on the first one, the Star Beast. Where were we with that, Cam? Um, the Star Beast. Oh, because also extra context, we're both trans. Ah, uh, yes, yes, so of this course. So this Not is only... the first time that I've like um, got to speak to another trans person on air. Yeah, not only About are we stuff. both like Doctor Who fans, not only are we both music writers, not only are we both comedians, but we're also both trans. It's like we're the same person. Um, we're not the same person, but no. it's, it's like we're the same person. Um, yeah, it's a bit like that. It's a bit like that. You yeah. could say. Your arms are longer. My arms are longer, yeah. Um, huh. uh, Star Beast. Um, Your arms probably are longer. My arms probably are. My arms you're, are really, really long. Like, we're you're, not doing a bit here. My arms yeah, are really, really long. Like, I can reach. I'm your really arms great are long. Fuck. Yeah, like, you're a little taller than me. Measure them. Measure them after the show. Um, Crikey. Okay. I'm um, for full context. I'm six foot zero. Um, anyway, the Star Beast. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought Russell T Davies was back in his like bonkers fun, mad series opener vibe. Like it gave me big like partners in crime energy. Like big popcorn blockbuster. Don't think about it too much. Just have a good time. But um, you did think about it too much, didn't you? I did you? think about it too much. That's the problem with people like this. We <laughs> think about it too much. And what did you think? Um, I thought, um, first of all, the Meep is innocent. I will defend that creature to the death. Um, justice for the Meep. Justice for the Meep. Justice for the Most High. Um, I, yeah, everyone was on top form um, performance-wise. I think the 14th Doctor really surprised me i was really skeptical skeptical about the whole david tennant coming back as 14th mm-hmm. doctor thing um because i thought what's the point if he's just going to be 10th doctor again and he wasn't like well he sort of is but he it's sort, sort of, of is different. but he sort of isn't like obviously he's got like the whole experiences of being the 11th 12th and the 13th mm. you can see how he's playing it and yeah he's much more emotionally open and much more like giddy and much more like and he's sexier yeah like if we're, it, it, yeah, he's aged very well. He's aged like a fine wine. He's aged so. And you know what? I wouldn't have said so until I tuned in to him playing the Fourteenth Doctor, and I'm like, I've never fancied David Tennant before. No, no, neither. There's something like, about I, him. Like, say any recent stuff he's done, like Crowley in uh, Good Omens, or what's no, his face? Yeah, absolutely from not. Inside Man. Yeah, um, just not, not, not sexy. But Fourteenth Doctor, like. There's something, so there's something to him. There's something magnetic. It, and it's something, I think, also about the way he's playing it, about that level of emotional maturity. It's like... Yeah. He's a tenth doctor if he went to therapy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it is. He's not got the fuckboy energy that the... No. He's like an unproblematic fave. That, like, vanity and that, like, whole, like... Form. I need you to hold the microphone closer to your mouth. Not closer to oh. your mouth, but I need you to pay more attention to where your head is in relation to the microphone. <laughs> so that vanity and that whole like oh i'm the last for time lords i'm not going to speak about it to anyone though um it's gone it's gone and yeah 
is he's, he's just so cool and i just love how like open he is like that scene when i now fear that your mouth is too close it's to too the close mic. to the yeah. mic okay yeah. um do you want it a little bit like this a little maybe a little further away a little bit further away Maybe uh, maybe equidistant between where you were holding it before. This and is fantastic it. podcast. That's that's good. That's where I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yes, th- and there's something about that that not only makes him sexually attractive, but also makes him a good character. Um, but it also makes him compelling to watch. Yes. Um, I like seeing Donna again. I we're, like we're not just horny. We are. Um, we're paying attention. We're paying attention. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We're we're hooked on the storytelling. Yeah. Um, and it felt good to actually like be invested in the characters again like i've like most people i've got lots of problems with the chris chibnall run mm-hmm. um and they're problems that don't really need repeating because everyone has those problems but it was really good to like actually have have like people reacting to things and like having like compelling emotional storytelling um i love seeing donna again i love seeing i think sylvia and sean were like the two MVPs. Oh, like, they really were, yeah. Like, Sean was just a nothing character in The End of Time. And he was kind of a nothing character as well, but he grounded it so well. He's just such a, like, he supportive husband and father. husband, yeah. And Sylvia was great. Um, and what about the trans stuff? Yeah, this is the elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> I... Yasmin Finney's great. Um, is she? I, I think she's good. I didn't think her acting was very good. I liked her in Heartstopper. I haven't seen Heartstopper, so I can't comment. Yeah, obviously it's not... It's a I, I didn't enjoy her acting, and that's an opinion that has been repeated by a number of right-wing publications. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, I f- yeah, um, it's like... Oh, Russell, he's trying. God damn it, he's trying. He is trying. Um, bless him, his heart's in the right place. It didn't quite land. No. How did you feel about it as a... Uh, non-binary person because i am not a non-binary person and you are yeah much much like rose noble i am trans feminine non-binary but is she because i wasn't sure obviously she said non-binary at the end but i felt like the implication throughout was that she was a binary trans woman and then they sort of like yeah it was odd and yasmin finney is is not non-binary no as far as i'm aware no um as, as far as i'm aware but it's watching that episode like it was really rushing towards that ending it was sprinting and then we get there and the whole like binary binary non-binary thing i was i still was i, I i'm like well that happened that was a thing yeah um and the implication is that her transness is directly caused by the meta crisis which i am not that keen about yeah i don't love that why couldn't she just be trans because trans people exist anyway without alien intervention yeah i hadn't really thought about that aspect is that what they were implying do you think i think so because like the whole we're binary she's not true because the doctor is male female and neither and more i love that quote just taken in isolation yeah inject that shit into my veins Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, there's the line which like has a lot of discourse around it right now. The whole male presenting Time Lord bit, which again I'm not a fan of. Um, it, it was clunky. It was very clunky. It kind of undermined that whole line as well. Exactly. Then, it's like oh, if he's, but it's like they can't have their cake and eat it, right? So they no. Because they can't. They can't. If they were to follow the the first quote you mentioned through then the doctor would basically like be trans right and i don't think they can like in good faith 
tell the audience that the David Tennant Doctor is trans. Like, it just wouldn't work. No. Um, yeah, a little bit of a minefield. A little bit, yeah. I think, well, it's also like that whole... Because Russell clearly has been watching all of, like, the Moffat and Chibnall stuff. Like, oh, evidently. The whole, like... We're billions of years beyond your petty obsessions with gender. Sure. Like that Peter Capaldi quote. Like that whole like, and then going back to like something a male presenting Time Lord wouldn't understand. Also, the 13th Doctor absolutely could not let stuff go. No, she couldn't. She couldn't. She was a petty little bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Also. Yeah, some of the women in my life um, have taken issue with the women let things go element as well like do they yeah it felt very much like the, uh, again a bit in the doctor window and wardrobe, I know like lots of women who bit. hold who hold grudges yeah it's <laughs> yeah it, it's, a, it's 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 a bit messy so coming off that what were your expectations for wild blue yonder i was first of all um addressing another elephant in the room a lot of fans are expecting like yeah. to be a massive like multi-doctor well i thing. think because i think it's in part because ben in doctor who magazine <laughs> Had put starring David Tennant, Catherine Tate, and redacted, then redacted, redacted, redacted. redacted. Um, so, and again, the whole secrecy surrounding this episode. Nobody knew the plot. Nobody knew. Well, we knew a semi-outline of plot. Like they're on a spaceship. What's going to happen? Um, mysterious things happen. So that was all the plot we were given. For sure. Um, there, there wasn't that much footage in the trailers. And obviously it's the 60th anniversary, so there's a lot of like hype surrounding that. And everyone was thinking, oh, who's going to cameo in this episode? Oh, is it what sort of like stuff is going to happen? And everyone was like, did, did you think someone was going to cameo? Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, like Russell D. Davies was putting like penguin emojis. Is Frobisher going to be in that? We've already had Beat the Meep, so anything can happen. Did I think anything was going to come? Yeah. I, at first, at first, but then... I was kind of thinking, okay, you know what? This is probably just going to be like a classic bottle episode. Um, Russell said like... Well, we, I'm, ask, I'm sort of asking like before it aired rather than while it was airing. Oh, um, no, actually. No, you didn't. No. I've... I think I, I thought if anything was going to happen, it was going to be Shooty and Millie. Yeah. I thought it was they were going to have like a, a, a little cameo from a future adventure. Because there's been like footage like of them like in a corridor that looks similar. Yeah, but I think what we're forgetting is that Doctor Who reuses uh, scenery all the a time. A lot, yeah. Um, <laughs> like the Powell Estate has cropped up so much, and Bad Wolf Bay, and um, the Temple of Peace in Cardiff gets used. Mm. You know, every other so Saturday. So that's not too much of a stretch. But like, what else was going to say? No, I didn't think anything was going to come of it. Because, like, Matt Smith said, I'm not in the 60th. Peter Capaldi said, I'm not in the 60th. And you know what? I Andrew, believe Andrew them. Garfield said he wasn't in Spider-Man. <sighs> true, true. <laughs> Get Frank from Daleks in Manhattan back. Yeah, that I was know. a cameo I wanted. Uh, but I, I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, so you weren't disappointed when it didn't then? No. In fact, I was... More, I was relieved. I was relieved. I, for the episode that we... In fact, no, that's, this is delving into, like, Final Thoughts territory. But, like... The episode that we got, I think, was so much better than what it could have been if it was just glorified fan wank. We literally just had the power of the Doctor last year, which yeah. was glorified I fan think wank. I, didn't, so. I was confident that it wouldn't be glorified fan wank. I thought if there is going to be a cameo in this, it is going to be like a well-integrated one. Um, when there wasn't one, like there was a slight... I, You know what? If it was any annoyance from me, it was that I had 
so for context, I was away um, in um, Worcestershire <laughs> uh, watching uh, my friend Kat's parents in uh, an amateur dramatics production. Oh, was this during when the episode was on? When the episode was on. Okay. So I missed the episode and then I was so anxious about being spoiled that I turned my phone off all evening. No, I did this as well because I I wasn't watching it on broadcast. Last week, I I didn't watch a Star Beast on broadcast either. And I was really like, I I, I was semi-anxious about spoilers, but I kind of knew, I, I knew the comic anyway. I knew for me it was evil. I knew Donna would get her memories back. For sure. But with this... I was I was also not watching on broadcast, and I was so like you, so anxious about not getting I, spoiled. I like turned my phone off, and then I um, as when everybody had gone to bed at like one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I like climbed into bed and I watched the episode mm. like in the dark on my laptop, and like it, that kind of wasn't necessary. Like I, it, there was kind of nothing to spoil in that way. Yeah, there was nothing that could be spoiled by like accidentally seeing a tweet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, bear with me. The doorbell just rang. Oh, <sighs> so dear listeners of Galactic Yo-Yo, have you ever considered making a website but don't have the resources to do that? Well, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform where you can build your own website and run your business. Enter the code. Galactic Yo-Yo is the best podcast of all time. It's a very long code, all caps, but that'll get you 20% off at Squarespace. In fact, you know what? Let's make it 25. Why not? In fact, you know what? Let's make it 100. 100% off at Squarespace. Type in Galactic Yo-Yo is cool and Cameron Sinclair Harris is the best guest they've ever had. So add over. For the benefit of the listener, Molly Martian, the host of Galactic Yo-Yo, has gone to get a package. What's in the package? It's very Pulp Fiction, isn't it? What's in the package? Listeners, send in your guess as to what's in the package, and the best one will receive a Squarespace subscription, and the contents, and a blueberry muffin. Why not? And, And 50 euros as well. And the Christmas tree. What, what, what have you been um, well, I'm setting up a competition as to like. Uh yeah, I was just shit. I was just shit talking you throughout the entire thing when you were gone. That was a um. It was a a, a post person from every uh, with a po- uh, a parcel for my flatmate, uh, and the whole time that he was at the door, which was quite a while, because he also gave me a couple for the neighbours as well. And he was like taking photographs of me and everything. Oh um, wow! And the whole time that was happening, his mobile phone was ringing. Oh my god! <laughs> and it was actually quite stressful. Multitasker. Well, no, he wasn't answering it. Oh, do you <laughs> yeah. think it was like a bad call? I don't know. Maybe. Listeners, send in your guesses as to who was calling the postman, and we will send you a prize if you've got a good guess. Um, I think it was his uh, his mistress. I think it was. I think it was, oh, HMRC. Do you? Yeah. Well, all those guys are self-employed, aren't they? Because every don't like to have responsibility for, like, giving them any workplace rights or protections or anything. Or sick pay. The more you know. So he probably has to do a tax return every year. Yeah, HMRC, they're on his case. 
Okay. Um, where were we? What were we talking about before that? Oh, God. What were we talking we about? We were talking about how it couldn't have been spoiled by seeing a tweet. Yes, yes, absolutely. We waited to watch it, so on and so forth. But that made me, the whole debacle about that, that made me realise the beauty of like going into things completely blind. Um, yeah, 100%, 100%. If I had known what was going to happen, then, oh, I probably wouldn't have had the same response to the episode. I still mm. would have loved it, but probably not to the same degree. Yeah, it was nice to just like not know anything, mm. um, and and yeah, and not in a like, oh my god, because I'm going to be so shocked by the twist way. Just in a like, you know, we get to discover this story alongside the Doctor, alongside Donna. Yeah, um, it's like a mystery that's just unfolding, um, and I love episodes that do that. They just invite you into this mystery, and you've got to work it out along with the characters. Yeah, really cool. Um. So the episode opens in like a slightly quirky way. Oh, it's so quirky. Um, the TARDIS lands uh, in... Um, a tree. A, tr- a tree. <laughs> yeah, the and tree. on a tree. The tree. Um, and they meet Isaac Newton very briefly. They meet Isaac Newton. Who is played by Nathaniel... What's his name? Nathaniel. Nathaniel I can't remember his surname, but he played Ash in It's a Sin. Yeah. Um, very beautiful man. Yes. Extremely beautiful man, as noted by the doctor himself. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Yes, okay. Um, um, so, first of all, what do we think of the opening more broadly? Um, and are you furious that Isaac Newton was played by a person who is not white? Um, you know, Molly, I am. I'm so furious. You can see the steam coming out of my ears. Like I've gone red. I'm vibrating. <laughs> um, you can hear like a little kettle noise. <laughs> you can see the veins throbbing on my head um oh no no um for full benefit for the listener i am not and i have responded to this with like a completely normal human being um and i've noted that this is a show about time travel and about a blue box that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside and isaac newton inventing mavity and have responded to it like a completely normal human being with complete nonchalance excellent jolly good <laughs> um but i loved the opening i thought it was like very very fun again another thing about the 14th doctor that i noticed like the way that he was kind of like playing along like when the when they say in unison like i hope you appreciate the gravity of the situation yeah, the 10th yeah, yeah, doctor yeah, would yeah. not have done that like you know when in like the shakespeare code or yeah, like he might when have like our verity forsooth no don't do that don't do that yeah like, he was a bit more self-conscious maybe mm. um yeah, I suppose one criticism of the race blind casting of Isaac Newton that I've seen that has slightly made me, you know, um, made me go, hmm. Uh, Stroking your chin. Yeah, it's made me stroke my chin a little, is the idea that, you know, it's some people kind of hoping this isn't going to be an excuse. If if this is a sign that there's going to be more race blind casting going forward, um, like people hoping this isn't going to be an excuse to avoid conversations about race in historicals mm. um altogether um because you know some of the stories we've had in recent years um most notably rosa which is a flawed episode but kind of an important episode in the history of the show yeah you know it d- it deals directly with race and it's um, the race of those historical characters is important um so if we're going to go race i mean obviously if they do go race blind more generally they're not going to start casting you know, a white guy is Martin Luther King. Oh, no, no, um, no, no. However, no. It, it, you know, it does it create 
does it mean there aren't as many opportunities for conversations about race in those kinds of stories if we're if we're gonna not reflect reality mm. quite so closely anymore yeah that's that's a great question it's i feel like these specials they're very much like outlining russell's new plan as such like it's very much gonna like generate those conversations for sure of for sure. like or very much like tabloid outrage of like oh trans main character in doc two oh isaac newton's not white anymore oh um do you think he's just getting it all out of the way yes and, kind of and then shooty's first series i think is going to these three specials are like the master plan and then Shooty's first series is going to be like, right, let's actually do it. Let's actually sure. like, this is the new Doctor Who. Here we go. Um, but I think that's an interesting question about the whole race blind like casting. And I think it doesn't matter as much in situations like this where it's like a it's like a, it's quick like a two minute exactly. like skit. It's like a they could have done that for the children in need skit. To be fair, um, Mavity, but yeah, um, I. I liked it. It was fun. Um, it, but yeah. Also, if you're doing also, like a proper yeah. like, if it was a full episode on Isaac Newton, then maybe like, I maybe don't know. we could. Ha- maybe there's more room for these kinds of discussions yeah. about it. it. Also, the Mavity thing. Like, obviously, it's kind of just a throwaway gag, but in a way, does it set up a new model for how time travel works in Doctor Who? Yeah, because it. It seemed like the Doctor and Donna, once they left the past and showed up on the spaceship and they were then referring to gravity as Mavity, they seemed to have been affected by the changes that they'd made. Yeah. Which is not something we've ever really seen before in Doctor Who. Usually um, the time travellers are kind of sit outside Mm. any changes they make to the timeline do you know what i mean it's very much like yeah that whole like the hard the hard stance like oh you can't rewrite history not one line it's very much like they're playing a little bit more with that which i think is quite fun i do i do if we're gonna like do if if this is a new era of the show actually like do new things with it like have more fun play with history a little bit more um although the word mavity just made me think of um macavity McCavity is um, the mystery cat. Id- Idris Elba's is it Idris Elba? Elba's it's Idris character? Elba, yeah. In in the film Cats, yeah, yeah. I yeah, <laughs> that's that's you've seen that that's movie. That, I've seen Cats 2019. <laughs> and in what context? I went to the to cinema. To you went to the movie. cinema to see it. Yeah. I wish I'd seen it in the cinema. And somebody walked into the cinema screening while I was watching it and shouted, "You're all faggots!" <laughs> and like. At any other time, I'd be like, "That's unacceptable." But on this occasion, but I was you like, know what? You know what? Fair enough. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Astute observation there. Um, it's Cats 2019. Oh my! I watched it on Netflix. It may have been in the pandemic. Um, it's got to have been in the pandemic, surely. But it's a, such a pandemic film. Like, there's nothing else on Netflix. So you watch Cats 2019. Um, God, what a film. What a film. Um, I think there should be a, like, Vincent and the Doctor-esque episode where the Doctor takes T.S. Eliot to the future to watch Cats 2019. Oh, my God, imagine. And... That'd be so good. Yeah. Just that same reaction of, like, him crying and, like... (gasps) But, like, in despair rather than... Or him being like, oh, this is my dreams fulfilled. (laughs) Like, 
this is my this is my vision exactly what was in my head when i was writing that poetry yeah wow that's so funny (laughs) russell if you're listening please yeah that's the next historical we want um okie dokie uh what else was i gonna say oh the yes the doctor thinking that isaac newton was a sexy little boy yeah we've got by 14 what do we think about that I love it. I, I love think it. It is seeding what is to come. Yeah, Shooty's Doctor, personally. Yeah, I think so too. W- one of my less woke friends um, texted me about this episode <laughs> yesterday and was like, "Just watching yesterday's Doctor Who is the Time Lord a gay lord now?" <laughs> At least make a better pun. Yeah, literally. At least, <laughs> like, have some like, imagination. I was like, no, I think the 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 Time Lord's a bi lord now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, and and the doctor's always like it was like it was never that far from the surface to go no, no. to go at Donna like in literally like in passing of the ways, he kisses Captain Jack. Well, well Captain, Captain Jack, Jack kisses, kisses him, him, but it's yeah, it was it's always you, been there. Do you think that Shooty's doctor is gonna be like gay, like pansexual? Like, do you? I think they might do it. I think they're gonna do it. I yeah. think they are one hundred percent going to do it with Shooty's doctor. It's gonna be so. Do you think they're gonna like actually give him a male intro, male love interest and everything? I think so. I think so. Um, That's so great. I think very much like, oh, it's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so good. Um, it's going to give us everything it's really that Fasmin didn't. Oh my god, it is. Like that was already almost more LGBT rep than Fasmin was. Yeah, even that one throwaway that line. That one throwaway line about Isaac Newton. Oh, oh. exhausting. Um, let's not. Let's, let's not, not, let's not delve into that rabbit hole. Uh, okay. David Tennant and Catherine Tate were pretty much, other than three cameo roles... Redacted, redacted, and redacted. Yes, were the only people in this episode. Yeah. What do we think of their acting throughout? I thought they were really hot take, but they're great actors. Oh, yeah. Hot take, spicy take. Um, not sure anyone will agree with me, but David Tennant and Catherine Tate, good actors... Um, I thought, yeah, I love, oh, you know, when an episode like Midnight or Turn Left, like when they're pushed to their limit as characters, like oh, we're human exploring... nature is the one I was thinking of for, for like the 10th Doctor. But, but the 10th Doctor isn't really playing the 10th Doctor, he's John Smith. Well, I suppose he's playing a different character. Much... Yeah, but even towards the end, like he's pushed to his limit in terms of like when he's playing the Doctor playing John Smith. Oh yeah, now that's good. That's, that is very good. That is good piece of acting from Tennant there. Hot take, good actor. Um, yeah, that episode. Um, it's yeah, he's a much more like the Doctor we see in that is much more extreme and cold. Even in the scene where he's rocking up to Joan's house and is like, "Come with me, I'm everything John Smith was." Mm-hmm. The Fourteenth Doctor would never do that. Never, ever, ever. No, no. That's. Oh. And, it, and it's so cool that we know that after spending two episodes with him. Two whole episodes. Did we know anything about 13th Doctor after two episodes <laughs> with her? No. Well, no, we fucking didn't. Well, but she's a Time Lord, but she's a little bit quirky. That's it. That's Crazy. It. Crazy. Crazy. We know so much about the 14th Doctor, and we've only had two episodes. I'm actually kind of sad that he's going. Me too. Me too. And I never thought I'd be saying that. So not only were the... Uh, were Tennant and Tate playing uh, the Doctor and Donna in this episode, they were also playing the villains. Yes. 
Like, did they pull that off? They were, oh, they were so, so, so creepy. Like So creepy, weren't they? The way, like, they, were, the way they were looking at... The way they the moved. Like, there was an absolute sense of absence of any soul behind their eyes. Yeah. Just this constant, like, looking and quizzing and, like, observing and I, I the way they moved. I Tennant could do that co- sort of thing because of... Um, when he was in Jessica Jones, mm. he played quite a chilling villain in that. Have you seen that? I've seen clips. I've seen little of bits of it. Tenet, I haven't seen the whole like, thing. But as his character, Catherine Tate, I didn't know had that in her. Mm. And oh wow, as Baron Baron. Also, Cam. Side note. Um, so I invited Cam to make herself a glass of water uh, at the start of this episode. Uh, I I gave her a choice of all of the <laughs> all of the glasses in the cupboard, and she chose a wine glass for her glass of water. I chose a goblet. Because she's a fancy bitch. Yeah. I chose an absolute <laughs> goblet. Um, because it's, I don't know, this is Galactic Yo-Yo. It's a special occasion. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going large. Um, uh, sorry, you were saying? Well, I was saying? Oh, yeah, about Catherine Tate. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, she's... Donna's one of my favourite companions. Um, and she, was, she always gave... She was always serving. She always, like, gave it 100%. And here... We're, we're, we're seeing so much more depth to Donna now. She's got a family. She's got, again, this is something about the Star Beast I appreciated. Um, I can't remember who said this. It might have been Joe Brennan in his video. Okay. But, um, like, how Donna's Metacrisis. Well, I started watching him as well. He's quite good, isn't he? Yeah. Maybe I'll email him. Yeah, get him on the podcast. Ta- um, yeah, how Donna's, like, that whole Metacrisis thing was viewed as a death, like she was somewhat, somewhat regressing. But in the Star Beast, like she's actually still the same Donna, but we always knew in love. She was compassionate and fiery and was just this absolute powerhouse of a human. And that wouldn't change, like, depending on whether or not she was traveling with the Doctor or not. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't like, defined by the Doctor. No. And I really appreciated that. And that's about continued Starbeast. into the fact that in World Beyond, like, she keeps mentioning that her family's back home. And hmm. do you know what I mean? She's not, like, yeah. there's this sense that. Like she's loving traveling with him, but like, it it is very much like a holiday for her. Right yeah, now. this isn't going to be like a full time no, like back traveling with Tardis forever and ever and ever thing. There's a bit like I was caught out at first um, when the first like when they go off and separate. Yeah, because um, it, it was really cool the way it was edited because they made it look like it was just a passage of time. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, are they is this just like a, a bit of avant-garde uh, editing where they're editing between two? Yeah. Or at the very least, like, I think the Doctor says, oh, I won't be long. And, like, when Don is still doing the whole, like, yeah. slotty thing. And then he shows back up again. I'm like, oh, it, it really didn't take that, that long, did it? Um, And he sits down and he starts, like, he's looking at, Donna like really like wistfully and he starts talking about Wilf and like I'm questioning nothing um I'm thinking like oh this is just, like a nice character moment and then suddenly it cuts to the doctor again and I'm like shit okay what's happening there and then Donna comes in I'm like fuck okay I think I kind of know what's it, going well, on yeah, here yeah when Donna came in it was a bit more obvious and wasn't yeah it? Donna's like she's like oh I did the thing that you said and I'm like that's not that's not Donna that's yeah. not Donna get out get out um it was genuinely like really like unnerving and creepy and Doctor Who hasn't done that for me since probably World Enough and Time. Was I that creeped out? Oh yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. Um, pain. Yeah. Pain. <laughs> That's so That's I mean in general this is like my favourite P 
piece of Doctor Who since 2017, since World yeah, Elephant same, Time, same. which is, for the record, my favourite Doctor Who story. Oh, um, is it? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree it's my favourite piece of Doctor Who since World Elephant Time. Special mention for Haunting of Villa Diodati. Yeah, special. Oni Mensch. Oni Mensch. Like, you did well. You did well. Um <laughs> You're a fantastic setup. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. Uh, Wild Blue Yonder. Yeah. Um, and then it just grows from there. Like What, his arm? The arm and the episode. Did um, you see that meme that was like, what is it? It's like, it's about your titties. Do you see it? No. It was like, <laughs> it was like hang on. Let me find it because I posted it on my Instagram. Your titties look heavy. Let me give you a hat. Oh yeah, I did. I did. With <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. What on what deranged part this of the internet is, was that it, from? This is the second reference in three episodes of Galactic Yo-Yo to um, holding breasts. <laughs> <laughs> this is like your bad wolf kind it of is, thing. Yeah, it's gonna, it's, gonna it's really going to pay out. off in the finale. The giggle episode is going <gasps> to be just like I've just seen fifty seconds ago. Friend of the podcast, Josh Carr, host of Who knew? Uh, Who knew? Um, has just got engaged today. Oh, congratulations, congratulations, Josh. Josh here you are, Cam. Happy Aww. couple. How lovely. How lovely. Oh, best of luck. Invite us to the wedding. I'm going to be the first like. You'll be, oh. There we go. This is proper like 2007 internet. Like first. Yeah. Comment back. Comment back. I'm not going to comment Don't first say congratulations. On this, on just say <laughs> engagement <first>. post. <laughs> <laughs> um, the green screen. That's what's also something I was going to say. So... I kind of like how the effects are a bit shit. Well, they, they, I felt like they weren't shit. They were just like, that kind of thing's never going to look real. So they just leaned into how yeah. uncanny it looked. Do, were they using the volume? What volume? The, like, the thing they you you know the thing that Disney used for, like, Mandalorian that's like, it's like a big LED screen instead of a green screen? Probably. It was a long it corridor. It looked like that. It, it looked felt like they like, were using that. I've never played it, but it kind of gave me a big, like, portal, portal. vibes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought of, yeah. Um, and it kind of was an obvious green screen, but I kind of appreciated that. Um, I really liked when I kind of the liked doctor, it. like, spun around and his head came through his. Yeah, oh, God. Where, that where was... did your mind go in that, at that point? Oh, <laughs> so many places. My, mine went it to was... um, Ma- Marilyn Manson, allegedly, removing did a Did David Tennant <laughs> remove his ribs for that scene? <laughs> <laughs> he goes above and beyond. Yeah. Like, oh, God. That's, yeah, the CGI, I thought it was a little but bit a lot off, of it was, but a I lot liked of it. Practical, it. though. It added, it added the, to. It, the, you know, the massive hands were practical. The massive hands were practical? Yeah. Wow. They did it on, they showed it on Doctor Who Unleashed. I've not seen Doctor Who Unleashed. They made, they made like a, a giant replica of David Tennant's actual hands. Christ, God. Yeah, crazy. Like, I really, I know that. Me quite well good, I don't know whether you feel like this is another trans feminine person, um, but <laughs> I felt like the 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 part where he had the massive hands was like quite a good depiction of what it feels like to have gender dysphoria about the size of your hands. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. I like. I I I. You've got quite elegant hands, though, Cal. Yeah, that's kind of one thing that like I don't get dysphoric about my hands. Um, they're quite big. I just feel um, like all transgender quite... people have like some kind of issue with the size of their hands. Yeah, um, mine are quite tall, but they're not wide. Um, so, so let's have a competition. Hang on. Uh, for the benefit of the listener, we're just measuring hands right now. Um, this is something all trans people do at some point. I have bigger hands, therefore I am a man. <laughs> <laughs> therefore, 
Therefore, I've completed transgender. Uh, yeah. Um. Sorry, where were we? Oh, the special effects. Yeah, they're really good. And the I ro- like the robot looked uncanny. cool too. The little paranoid android style robot. Oh, Jimbo. Jimbo. Also, there was a lot of speculation that oh, Jimbo's going to be played by like a massive celebrity guest. And there was literally no voice. He's just like a slow yeah. walking thing about to press a button. I loved how uncanny the effects were. Like when you're talking about him coming through the legs and like you know when they're getting big, like when they're chasing incredible them down the corridor. Incredible. It's so uncanny, but that so added cursed. to the creepiness of yeah, the episode. Yeah, 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 so good. What I didn't love, actually, um, is when they just had the teeth. I thought that was kind of like, compared to the earlier stuff in the episode, I thought it was like a little, I don't want to say lazy, but it was like a little obvious. When they became like vampire yeah, teeth. I it, thought, yeah, uh, it was a li- It was a little like, okay, I get it. Like, you you can't be doing like crazy effects all the time. But also the the salt thing. And when the doctor was like, oh, I shouldn't have invoked a superstition. Mm. Do we think that's like foreshadowing the toy maker? I think it's foreshadowing something. It yeah. might be the toy maker. Um, it might not. Um, it might. Because the toy maker sort of comes from outside reality, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, I've not watched the Celestial Toy Maker for ages purely because it's shit. Um, and it has the N word in it. It has the N word in it. Everyone forgetting that. It has. It's, it's, quite, it's quite racist. Um and also, it's really shit. Um, it's I did I did a ranking of all my Doctor every, every Doctor Who story ever, and Celestial Toymaker was second worst. So wow. So the giggle yeah, white, is white automatically people, going to you, be the best. You toy need maker to episode. stop singing along with the N word in the Celestial Toymaker. Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> take What's Jeremy Clarkson got to do with it. No, Jeremy Clarkson got into fire like few, many years ago because he did the Eeny Meeny Miny Mo version. With Sharp, the, did he? Yeah, with the N-word version. Really? Yeah. Clarkson did that? Yeah. I don't know why that's surprising. <laughs> it was like on an episode of Top Gear, and that's Shut kind up, that's of... Crazy. That might have been the kick-starting to like, the whole him getting sacked thing. I can't remember. Or, or he may have like apologised it away. That's nuts, dude. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy Clarkson, big Celestial Toymaker fan. Crikey. Clearly. Um, I think that was a subtle setup. I know we're getting straight back, we're getting into end of episode territory, but that's absolutely setting up either the giggle or something in Shooty's something run. Something in Shooty's season. I feel like it's setting up next week, personally. Um, do, 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 where were we? Oh, yes. So, something kind of unexpected, although not unexpected because Russell had mentioned in interviews that he was going to do it. But we got references this week, quite lengthy references, in fact, to the Flux and the Timeless Child. I, yeah. Fucking crazy. Because my view was that, maybe this is just me being a little mean, nasty bitch, but <laughs> my view was that Russell was trying to stay away from that part of the brand as much was, as much as was humanly possible. Um, but then he, like, fully, like, looked the Flux in the eye. Yeah. The Tell you what, I, um, I admire the brass neck. Yeah. Like, to actually just fully, like, go in there. Um, we're massive Doctor Who fans. We've obviously read um, Tardis Rudatorum a lot, like Elizabeth Sandifer's of writings. Of course we have. And like her view is like the Time War being like this meta reference to the show's cancellation. Fact, Elizabeth Sandifer was, the <laughs> was the first person I ever told I, that I was trans. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I sent her an anonymous Tumblr ask. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's absolutely Just unhinged. a peek behind the wizards. So- so, so peak Doctor Who fan of me. <laughs> I told David Tennant, 
I mean, Dave Tennant's a big ally, so he'd be a great he person is. to sell. Sorry, um, yes, where were we? I might, um, Christopher Eccleston's yeah. on at the old Vic now playing Scrooge. I might just wait outside and be like, hey, Christopher, I'm trans. <laughs> <laughs> but, but other people already know you're trans. Yeah, but I want Christopher Eccleston okay. to know. <laughs> um, sorry. Yes. Anyway, um, yeah. So in her whole thing, like the Time War is a metaphor, like a meta reference to the show's cancellation, um, and I think it's really interesting that Russell is going back again using the Doctor, like having like this traumatic events in their past that they're tr- still trying to get over, f- over. And it's so interesting that now being having experienced the Chibnall era. Now that's the traumatic yeah. event that I, the Doctor I don't is trying think to get it's over. intentional on the part of Russell. I don't. But I think but it's, it's a, interesting. an interesting metaphor on the part of Sandifer. Um, but yes, I was very surprised that it got brought up. But I felt like it was brought up in vague enough terms that new viewers could just be like, okay, this is something they yeah. haven't seen and that's fine. Um, even, even taking away that whole meta text, like this is, it's mad how this is the most emotionally invested, like a character has been showing about events in the Chibnall era. And we just yes. watched the Chibnall era. We yeah, yeah, yeah. watched the Timeless Child and the Flux. Yeah. And well, even at the end when she was like, what's happened to you in the last 15 years? I, it kind of felt like he was thinking about the Timeless Child. Like he said a lot, but he was thinking about the Timeless Child, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like he wasn't thinking about the Rebel Flesh. No. I mean, he could have, he could have been thinking about like, uh, the caretaker, or oh my god, <laughs> he was thinking about the Scovox Blitz. The forest, the forest he, was, he, he was haunted by the image of the Scovox Blitz. <laughs> Danny, Danny Pink backflipping across the Scovox Blitzer. Yeah. Um, silent tear wipes away. Um, I saw Samuel Anderson in Soho like last year. Did you? Yeah. Did you say hello? No, no. <laughs> I um, told him I'm trans. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, uh, anyway, um, yeah, that was so interesting to me, and it's kind of one of the reasons why I really loved this episode. It was, it was yeah, just, it was really compelling. It's, it, it made me feel something about the flux and the timeless child, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, 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 yeah me too. Um, even if it was only in like a, it was just gesturing to that stuff. Yeah, but in a way that felt weighty, and and, and Tennant really sold he it. Sold man. it. He's that. It, he sold it. He just looked so like. And I love this idea that the key mess, that the key mystery that Russell has picked up on from the Timeless Child is the Doctor doesn't know where he's from. Yeah, which is the most interesting element of it, and the part that if they wanted to do something with it, they could do something with it, and it would be actually interesting as opposed to just like a you know a, a yeah. fan wank law fest. That's the thing. Like in Jodie's era, it was very much like brought up like, oh, I don't know where I'm from. I'm not a Time Lord. And, oh well. Yeah, and then they went along with the division stuff, which was always the least interesting part yeah. of that whole reveal. Um, there was also that really interesting scene where the Doctor spoke about uh, what would happen to the TARDIS, uh, like mm. if it got abandoned, and then yeah, do you remember that speech? Yeah, it was so weird and nice, and like Russell clearly just having an amazing time writing. It was a very poetic episode, like even like when they're in the spaceship initially and like the whole we're at the edge of the universe kind yeah, yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like it f- I think that's your door again. My door again. Okay. Is it the same post postman? Well you entertain the li- pick up where you left off with the list. Okay. Yeah. 
Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Once bitten and twice shy, I did it. <laughs> Whamageddon, I'm ruining it for your listeners. I was, I was just singing last Christmas because it doesn't it count. Was, it doesn't count if someone else is singing it. Wham again. It has got to be the original Wham. Oh, has it? Yeah. Okay. It Covers was, don't count. It was the neighbour um, oh. picking up the parcels that the postie had left. Uh, yes, very poetic episode. Um, very cool. I saw this thing that Russell posted on Instagram where, like, originally in the script there were references to the fact that oh yeah, technically he has been to the edge of the universe before. Uh, but then he was like, I took it out because falling asleep emoji. Yeah. And like, because that's so like, it's such a good like mission statement for like when it's good to like the flux thing, right? He kept that in because it was, it had emotional weight, mm. but then the references to when he's been at the edge of the universe before weren't emotionally relevant. So we took them out. It's such a good like mission statement for how to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Viewers don't care about like continuity yeah. unless like there's a reason to get em- emotionally invested in it definitely um obviously it, like you can do like throwaway references but don't like go on in long like spiels um you don't need to be like oh this reminds me of like and when i fought tr- the invisible enemy exactly. in 1977 it's true more generally in terms of like if you think about something like uh the marvel cinematic universe and you know the reason people sh- uh, struggle with that sometimes and struggle especially are struggling with it at the moment is because the amount of homework required to follow everything. Mm. But also the reason people, I think, have liked it in part over the years or have liked the interconnectedness of it is the added um, emotional weight you can get from callbacks, right? Yeah. Um, So, for example, um, Captain America picking up Thor's hammer in Endgame. Mm. It's like a big moment that's like added up from loads and loads of movies. And that has that kind of weight, whereas at the moment in that stuff, it's like you know, referencing a Disney Plus show and referencing this yeah. and referencing that. But it but there's no it's like flimsy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no like there's uh, no emotional there's core no emotional core. Why should we care? Exactly. So if if Doctor Who if the Who universe is going to do this whole Marvel thing, then let's actually do it. Well let's actually like have a reason to like care about these callbacks and For sure. So that whole thing with Russell like cutting all that like oh I actually actually um actually guys I have been to the edge of the universe <laughs> What did you think about then uh, the choice to make this episode like a cerebral one? Because it's it's certainly an interesting choice. Like he, I mean, I think Elizabeth Sanova said this. Like they could have just done because next week is going to be pretty bombastic. Yeah, week one was pretty bombastic. They could have done three like all singing, all dancing specials. But yeah. but Russell didn't. He's like it's he's really... like chosen the second one to like show off a bit as a writer. Yeah, it's really smart in my opinion. Um, So Star Beast is very much him in series opener mode. I think the giggle will be him in series finale mode. So this is very much like him as a writer and not a showrunner. This is him it's like, it's doing like a an midnight episode, like listen or, mid- listen or midnight or yeah. turn Yeah, again, I feel like he's taken a lot of like cues from Moffat. It's a very experimental episode. And an- for an anniversary year to have that kind of thing, to actually... Have a to reason. Be, to be fair, this is his first episode like this since Waters of Mars. Yeah. Probably. Absolutely. I think for an anniversary year to have 
because it, it could be celebratory. It could be like, oh, look at what we've done. Look at what Doctor Who has done. This is an episode that says, look at what Doctor Who can do. Oh, wow. What a soundbite, Cam. <laughs> Thank you. You're not just a pretty face, are you? I just came up with that on the spot. Wow. Did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and at the end, of course, we saw our beloved old soldier. Yeah. Before before we get on to that, I wanted to say that I genuinely... Uh, because Doctor Who does a lot of, like, fake-out deaths mm-hmm. a lot. And I genuinely thought for a second that Donna Noble, as played by Catherine Tate could die and we'd for the giggles yes, she'd be replaced yes. by a clone evil so clone. did i so did i i was like shit they're gonna do it and then there was a there was like a yeah last like minute switcheroo like a double flick double switch double flick <laughs> uh switcheroo yeah yeah and i'm I've, glad they didn't kill her off though, because i think it would have been too cruel yeah because she's only just got a happy ending hasn't she at heart doctor who's very like optimistic and yeah yeah, yeah yeah and it's especially like i think these specials ought to be yeah um, I think it, I, I, just this is a whole separate conversation entirely. But I think killing companions off is quite cheap, and you really have to properly like justify well, it. Well, I think there's a reason it's it's only really been done once with Adric, yeah. and it was like when people are like, "Oh, Clara should have died in face of Raven," like incorrect take. I think I felt like that at the time. I felt like that at the time. Yeah, but then but I grew then, up. Then I grew. <laughs> I grew up. Yeah, and I don't feel that way anymore. No. Um, but that's a whole conversation for another day, for sure. Uh, and yes, we saw Wilf at the end. We saw Wilf. We saw dear old Wilf. And it's Bernard the only Cribbins. scene he got to film. Yeah, which is really sad, but really great that we even got any more Wilf at all. Yeah, I just loved seeing him. I love Wilf so much. It was so nice, and I and so nice to see like, like obviously he did look frail, and you know he didn't look as healthy as he looked in. Um, well, yeah, he's because he was because he was you know weeks before his death. Yeah, he's in his nineties. Well, he but, was in his nineties, but he like... he looked well enough. Do you know what I mean? And he yeah. looked he looked happy. He looked and, so chuffed and his to be a- there. And his acting was still great. And like yeah. he he still felt like Wilf. It like, was still so recognizably it, Wilf. It wasn't like when it's not like William Russell. Yeah, or I was actually going to say William Hartnell in the Three Doctors, where he's like clearly not not well and it's sort of upsetting to watch yeah like i didn't feel like that watching bernard cribbins i felt happy for him that he was that he got to be yeah. there yeah things with william russell in power of doctor i thought that's not ian that's william russell he's just been wheeled in to, sure yeah like, yeah, save yeah that's line. True. but seeing bernard again like you said it this was feels Will. so wilf like yeah. his reaction to seeing the doctor again like of course that's what wilf would do he'd just be like oh hugging him and and then him being like, oh, it's, it's the end of the world and planes are crashing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it feels so natural. Because, yeah, so natural. I also oh. love, like, the Doctor, like, hurriedly wheeling him off. Yeah. I wonder what his reaction to the TARDIS would have been. Oh, That's a shame we never taken saw him that. Into, maybe they were planning to shoot that. Yeah. Alas. I'd be interested to know, like, what else they had planned for, for Wilf. Yeah, I wonder if the Target books will... Oh, they could put that. it in, couldn't they, actually? Yeah. I bet they will. Yeah, they might add Wilf into the giggle. Obviously not fully like yeah, 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 put him yeah. in, but like maybe like a little pre-prologue. Well, I feel like they, they, it's not like they they didn't... It's not like they were going to film loads more stuff. Like, no, no. He didn't have it in him to be like a main He's in like his main, 90s. Main he's in a character. wheelchair. Yeah. He's not like going to be up and about. 
but yeah, but I, it, I, I, I'm so it's such a miracle that we even got him at all. I know. Oh, Bernard Crippins. Yeah, it's it's, it, and I I was worried it would make me feel sad to see him. Yeah, and it made me happy. Yeah, to see him. Like we knew, I knew he was gonna be there at some point, as we all did. Um, but it's but him being there right in that moment is such an alleviation of the tension for sure, that we felt for sure. throughout that episode. It's the only thing that could have possibly lifted our moods. And so nice that he like got to set up the last episode, even if he's not in it. Yeah. Um, it shows he's just such an important part of that era. Yeah, just so lovely. This well, the show in a whole, definitely. God, I loved it. It was so. It was a perfect cap off. I loved this episode. What are your um, expectations in terms of next week, Cameron Sinclair of Harris? The Giggle, um, starring Neil Patrick Harris as the Oh, your namesake. Um, Neil, oh my God. Is, is Patrick his middle name or is it a double I barrel? I think it's his middle name. Oh, coward. Um, What's the deal with your double barrel surname? Is it a... Well, my mum's um, surname is Sinclair. My dad's surname is Harris. Oh. It's really not that complicated. It did they? But did they marry and no. get a double barrel surname? Or no, they're not married. Well, they never were married. So they They'd they called their children the double barrel surname. Yeah, interesting. Just a way to avoid beef. As yeah. Who gets <laughs> who gets the surname? Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> which I think most parents should do from now on. Um, anyway, um, the giggle. I. Like I said earlier, I think this is going to be Russell in full like series finale mode. It's going to be like massive like set pieces, massive like obviously we know that units are going to be in it. Uh, do you Kate think they're Stewart's. going to explain like explain Kate Stewart's absence in the first episode? Maybe, maybe. It's but odd unit, that she wasn't there. Unit don't have to be there for F. No, um, Thingy Shirley was there. Well, I um, know, but like, why was Kate not there? Don't know. Don't know. Maybe she just felt like having a break. Maybe do you have, do you have a think that? Do you ever her, feel like you should have a break? Maybe it's just her day off. Maybe Gemma Redgrave just was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. Yeah. Well, it's going to be Unit. It's going to be Neil Patrick Harris. It's going to be Mel Bush. Yes. It's going to be Bonnie Langford. They've not announced it, but they've not done a very good, good job of hiding <laughs> no. it, have they? Because she's in the background of all of the promo <laughs> images. Yeah, it's like playing Where's Wally, but like, oh, there's Bonnie Langford. I'm excited. Like, I... I think she was in Power of the Doctor very briefly, but again, I don't really think that oh, was shit. Mel. shit, yeah, I forgot that she was in I that. don't really think that's Mel. That was Bonnie Langford. Yeah. I want to know because it's going to be like, because last time we saw her, she was going off with Glitz, and I want to know what she got up to. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Dragonfire. It's a really strange thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I'm still like really confused as to like, why have they brought Mel back? Of all <laughs> the people to bring like, back. I get it in a way that like, I suppose Bonnie Langford's a household name. Yeah. So maybe that's why they've done it. But I don't think I don't think she's especially remembered for being in Doctor Who. But if they can redeem Mel, like I, I mean if Russell T. Davies can redeem Mel Bush, he can do fucking anything. I mean I say redeem, like Paradise Towers is I, one of my favourite Doctor Who stories oh, of all I mean, time. Same. I saw I sort of have the feeling did you ever do that gig where you did a whole set about Paradise Towers? I was going to, but oh. like it was going to be so elaborate. I was going to get T-shirts printed off. Oh, wow. But I felt like the idea was too big for to stage. So I just decided to do my standard Mercury set. Fine. Um, um, sorry, yes. No, I, do you half feel, I half feel as though this character is going to be male sort of in name only? Maybe. Maybe. Like, like Russell wanted to bring Bonnie Langford back. 
um, he wanted a symbol of the past. But what did we really know about Mel well, initially? Exactly. And that's why she's she the was perfect, a computer programmer. That's she why was she's a the perfect expert. character to yeah, kind of do this to with. Kind her. of reinvent. She's a, she's a bit of a blank slate, right? Yeah. So she can be anything. The future, the possibilities are endless. She's gonna be walking on. She'll be like, "Hello, doctor. Do you want some carrot juice? I don't know why I've gone Cockney. <laughs> New accent. <laughs> Fuck it." I am disappointed that they didn't um, dress her like she dressed in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> like in the uh, in those massive like uh, tops with the huge shoulder. Yeah, pads and stuff. I mean it could be like a whole like ace thing, like in Power of the Doctor, like oh, oh where I've, she got the jacket I've halfway got the jacket. through. I never let. I never. Maybe kept she'll it. get it's a big polka dot blouse halfway through. Yeah. That would be iconic. But then we know she's going to appear again in duty season because we've yeah. seen her on the back of a motorbike Recurring with him. Recurring character, I Mel think, Bush. I think she's going to get a spin-off. Oh. I think her and Kate are going to get a unit spin-off. God, a, a Mel, a spin-off for Mel. I think We're going to have to really be, invest in Mel. I think Mel and Kate Stewart are going to be in a unit spin-off, and I'm being completely unironic. I think a unit spin-off is absolutely going to happen. Yeah. Um, with Kate Stewart. And I don't um, even know whether I love the idea of it. I don't think I do. I don't think I do. I think but I was never a big fan of Unit. It, dep- anyway, it depends what they do with it, but I, I I don't think Kate Stewart's that compelling a character. No. Um. So yeah, it would it would entirely depend what they do. I I just think it would it would need a reason to exist other than just like milking some more money out of the Doctor Who brand. Yeah. Have you seen about the Sea Devil spinoff? What? Yeah. There's apparently going to be a. It, it's like I think it was leaked somewhere. The, there's going to be like a Sea Devil spin-off, but like it's about like when they first like were like a battling. Sea Devil humans. spin-off. Yeah, that can't be true. <laughs> it's it, it's legit. It's legit. No, no, no. no. Where's it's, this? Where's this been leaked? What's the source? It's like TV Zone or something. No, no. <laughs> They're not to be trusted. TV Zone are not to be trusted. But there's like set photos and like what Sea Devil stuff. I'm googling this. I'm, right I'm saying now. this as someone who. I don't know. They could. They could pull it off. They could pull it off. I'm gonna have to put a time code in for like uh, leaks and spoilers. In case oh yeah, let's not there. get. Let's n- let's not get. Sea devils. I put it on Twitter. Maybe if I could actually do them justice. I'm not seeing much. I might. I might have hallucinated it. I might have dreamt it. Sea devil spin-off. That'd be fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, bringing... If he's going to bring Mel back, I mean, anything could happen, couldn't it? He brought Beep the Meep into Doctor Who canon. Anything can happen. Oh, my God, you're so right. Like, this is someone who is just such a diehard fan of the show and is just going to bring any bits of extended lore. And you know what? Fair play. Is that the door, door again. again? Right, one minute. April is the cruelest month, bringing lilacs from the dead air, wasting harvest and fresh meat. Come, my children, come to the fruity fair of the century, where heavenly spokes chime amongst madmen and mad women and mad people alike. Oh, yes. Straight from the depths of my own tears. Straight from the creps of my own snakes. Who was that? It was even more parcels. Oh, uh, God. For, for my housemate who's turning 30 this weekend. Oh, happy birthday. So I think she's ordered some clothes to wear. Oh, happy birthday. 
Um, to your housemate? Uh, well, Sea Devil's spin-off. Have you got yeah. me any intel? Oh, no, I haven't. Sorry, was that my task? Well, no, but I thought you might have done it. Oh, I can do that. Well, I... it's a bit late now. Let's just, let's just imagine that I did, and let's just say that it's been greenlit, and let's okay, just say fine. that who's who's starring? Some um, actors have been like attached to a production. Um, let's say one of them rhymes with spaniel space Buis. <laughs> imagine Daniel Day Lewis as a sea devil. <laughs> I didn't say he was playing a sea think, devil. Do you, but think, do you think he'd go method? <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, he he'd he, start living underwater. He could live underwater. He could grow the and, whole and, wear, like, and wearing a uh, a make, wearing like a string string vest, vest. <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> um, Coming soon to Disney Plus. But you are excited for next week, though. I am. Yeah, I'm excited um, for next week. I'm excited to see what dead to the Doctor off this time. Yeah, and what his final words are. I actually really. I'm quite excited um, because I did. I I liked the Star Beast. I loved this one. Let's see where we go from here. Yeah, I, I think feel. Like, I feel like well, Blue Yonder is gonna remain my favorite. That's my feeling. Yeah, I think. Yeah, same. Um, but I am still extremely excited. Uh, and then we only have to wait a couple of weeks until the Church on Ruby Road, the Crimbo Special. Yeah, very very exciting now, indeed. I'm so excited for that. I I'm just know that I'm absolutely going to love. 15th doctor yeah 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 yeah. i just i i just know yeah you know i mean there's i just know i've only seen one scene of shutigatwa the adventure in space and time that wink sold me oh my god yeah and like even just the the publicity shots and like having seen him in other stuff and yeah i think i just think it's gonna be amazing um i think that's us done do you think yeah what are you doing with your evening, Cameron? What am I doing with my evening? Um, I am heading off very soon. Um, I'm going to play Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet, um, but it's a version where some of the cast get drunk every night and the rest of us just have to respond to it. Um, it's basically shit-faced Shakespeare, but we've not called it back because we don't want to get sued. Yeah. Um, I'm getting drunk tomorrow and Thursday. Um, by the time you listen to this, it'll be done. Um, but... If you have a time machine, then please come down. I'm probably going to put this out tomorrow. You can put. Oh, okay. Then <laughs> come on Thursday if you're listening like, to this. Like not definitely, but probably not definitely. Maybe to quote Oasis. Um, um, and have you got anything else to plug? Um, yeah, the I do. Planet, the Planet Show. Yeah, the Planet Show. I assume if you're listening to this, you quite like spacey things and sci-fi things. Well, imagine if someone did a show, a very unhinged comedy show, where they play all eight planets in the solar system. Um, then you'd be listening to the person who made that show. It's me. Hi, I'm the author. It's me. Um, I made a show where I play all eight planets in the solar system. It's very, very silly. Um, it's very surreal, um, but at the same time, it's kind of a love letter to creativity and silliness and the stars and potential and to queerness and neurodivergence, and it's something with a lot of heart in it. Um, I'm uh, doing it a couple of dates, January the 19th and the 20th at Goldsmiths University. If you feel like coming, please come. And if not, then I'll be doing dates throughout the year. I'm hopefully going to be doing Edinburgh fingers crossed um but yeah keep up to date with me um i know underscore underscore sh on instagram cam underscore sh on twitter i noticed that you haven't taken me up on my offer to play the moon 
in the planet show by just mooning the audience throughout. You could, you could. Um, I fear I'd have to do like a risk assessment. The, the offer's still there. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to see if I can fit you in. I will, I will show hole in the you planet show, show if, hole. if you want me to. Christ, <laughs> Christ. Um, <laughs> if we can like fill out an assessment form, if, oh, yeah. if you promise not to shit on the audience. <laughs> no, of course I won't shit on the audience. <laughs> Fantastic. I uh, assume that's like something that, oh. You, you that, that, but you just, for a minute, someone gets her ass out, they just start. <laughs> you can follow Cameron on Twitter at Cameron under, ca- Cam. Uh, Cam underscore SH, on Instagram at Cam underscore underscore SH. Uh, you can follow the podcast uh, on Instagram at Galactic Yo-Yo underscore. You can follow me on Instagram at Molly Martian underscore. Um, wild, wild Poo Yonder. <laughs> what? Well, I just was thinking about poo. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, and we're, I'm back next week when I will be speaking once again to the lovely Sarah Garnham Ooh. and the delightful Tom Webster. About the giggle. From the uh, RH experience. From the RH experience, indeed. Aww. Yes. Uh, but until then, it's bye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Lovely to meet you all. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs>